We're going to continue in the story here, one scripture, one story, one savior. And the mini-series we've been in, Against All Odds. And today we'll continue and complete that section that deals with Abraham. But we'll be focusing more on his son, Isaac, and Abraham himself. So what I want us to do is just to take some time to, again, go to the book of Hebrews. I like to read when I'm doing these, to read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, because in the book of Hebrews, we see what is said about them, and then we'll head back to the book of Genesis and see how the story unfolds. So in the reading of Hebrews chapter 11, will you please um, stand with me as we read this section again today? We'll stand to read and pray if you can. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commanded for, by faith. We understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. And Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead and so in a manner of speaking, he did receive back from Isaac back from death. Father, we believe in the power of your resurrection. That's why we read your word. Now may you come, Holy Spirit, and speak to us. And may you come, Holy Spirit, and give us the, the learning that we each need today. May we go from this place. Father, people of faith, people of trust, and people of obedience. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. So quickly, let me give some high points of where we were the last time. We saw the calling of Abraham, and we saw the promise that was given, and we saw his own ups and downs. We call it obedience and disobedience, sin and forgiveness that only comes from God even as we struggle with our calling. We saw that with Abraham and how he traveled, how he went out, because he was doing what God had called him. We saw him as a man in his obedience. He was building these altars. He was building these places of worship. But also we see him that he was bringing others along with him in his call. But before we get to Isaac, we really need to pay attention to his wife, to the woman who God had said that she was going to be the mother of many nations. So we're going to look at Sarah quickly, and I encourage you, as disciples, as learners, as followers of Jesus, take time to be digging deeper in these stories. Take time to be filling in the gap. We are committed to the teaching of the word, to declaring it, and to living it out. But our challenge is that 
together we are all following Jesus, you will be reading these scriptures. So a couple of scriptures I want to point out to see what it says about what was the place of this woman that was going to be the mother. So let me quickly highlight in chapter 17, verse 15. God also said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah, but her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. This was also God reaffirming that Sarah was part of this calling. She was part of the covenant. She was part of the blessing. And we read in verse, uh, I'll just go to verse 17. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, if only Ishmael might live. You know, there's a problem there in that verse. God has just confirmed that Sarai was going to be the mother that would bring the promised child. And Abraham saw that the promise was made. It says there, and he fell face down and laughed. That is kind of ridiculous. You know, the God gives you the promise. So he laughed. And then he made the statement in verse 18. If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. That was not a promised child, but he was longing. You know, when God gives us a call, we always want the easy way out. We always want it to be the way we want it. And that's what Abraham was doing here. He wants Ishmael to live. But God continues. God said, yes, Ishmael is going to live. But your wife Sarah will bear you a son and you will call his name Isaac. So that is clarity from God that the promise is made. So sometime you can read the rest of chapter 17 and I will hop over to chapter 18. Some visitors come to, vis to be with Abraham and he invites his wife to be able to show hospitality, generosity. People in the Middle East, they are always great at showing hospitality and generosity. But then one of these visitors had an encounter with Sarai, and, and, he's, and he said, let me pick it up from verse 10, chapter 18, verse 10. Then one of them, the visitor, said, I will surely return to you, Abraham, about this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, we have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent of Abraham, which was behind him. Abraham and Sarah were already very old, and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So, verse 12, Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham again, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at this appointed time next year. And Sarah, we have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. Actually, that is the name of the child that God gave them. The name of that child was Isaac, which means laughter. So we are looking at the theme for today, promise, as we have seen in the scripture, laughter, as Abraham himself have done it, 
and Sarah did it, but also we will see the blessing that comes. So now come with me to chapter 22, where we'll see what is God going to say to Abraham and the test of faith. So I'm going to be looking at a couple of headings over here. Obedience builds faith. So we're going to say, how does obedience build faith? So let's read the first two verses. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on the altar, on the mountain, I will show you. Obedience builds faith. Again, we see the word of God is clearly coming to Abraham, but he says sometime later, it is because of these things we've just talked about in chapter 17 and 18, but also we see that life was not going well with them. They had settled down in Beersheba, and they had a great life going on, but God tested him again. Just when you know it's going to be okay, God is going to be speaking. And so God said, take your son, your only son. So there was no backup plan. It was, this was the final call. The son has grown up. Those who do the research tell us that Abraham was not, Isaac was not probably just a teenager. You know, the promise came 25 years later, so he was probably anything between the ages of 17 and probably 20. So God is telling Abraham, I gave you a promise, a father of many nations, and now you're going to take this child? So obedience is better than sacrifice. So God says, go. Sometimes we've only focused and said, is God calling Abraham to kill, to commit murder? Don't pay attention on that, but see the hand of God in the story. What we see as obstacles, what we see as challenges in the story, we need to be seeing the hand of God and the man that God is going to use. We said last week, our calling is not so much about how it works for me, how convenient, how all my ducks are in a row. Calling is about trusting God to go. And now God says sacrifice. That was nothing new to Abraham. He came from the uh, of the Chaldees. They've known about those kind of things that happen. But God was just using his culture and everything in his background to show the truth of scripture. So he gets up and goes. Worship and sacrifice go together. Every worship is a sacrifice. Abraham was already a man of, of worship. So God is going to be looking at him and said, in this worship, I want to see whether you are really ready to give it all. So take your son, go to this region of Moriah and go. God will always speak to us in his word and also God will be looking for obedience as we confirm, conform to the image of Jesus Christ. We read in Romans chapter 12, verse one and two, I'll call for that scripture, Romans 12, one and two, where God says, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, what we do not deserve that God's give you, to offer your bodies, our lives, as a living sacrifice. And this is it. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Sacrifice and worship are clearly in the scripture. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test 
and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect sacrifice. So Abraham was going to make the journey we see here. So even after all these things, we see that obedience builds our faith. What are the areas that you have been taking baby steps to obey God that you start to see your faith grow? Every step in obedience grows your faith. Every step and say, God, I hear your word. You hear God's word because it's the scripture that speaks. It's not just the situations. You see something happening and you think that is the, the, the will of God, you know? But you really gotta be able to trust God and say he's spoken. Second, we're going to be looking at verses three to 10, that faith displays trust. Your faith in God, we really display how you trust him. Let me read these verses for us. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded the donkey. That is a step of faith. He's loading, he's not early in the morning. I'm sure maybe um, Sarah was a woman who slept in late, I don't know that. But he woke up and he started. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. We also saw that when God called, he always bring others with you. So Abraham had all of these things and God is telling him, you have to take these two servants, a donkey and your son Isaac. Absolute obedience, he's trusting God. When he had cut enough wood for the bond offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. Just imagine Abraham knowing what God has told him and he's just chopping this wood here, you know, trying to really express his anger, his frustration. My son, my only son, yes. Put it all together and he's on the journey. He's a man who was always on the move and so he continue, will continue here. When he had caught enough food for the bond offering, he set out for the place God had told him. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Abraham was moving from the south, Beersheba, and he was going north, almost to the area of Jerusalem, where was the Mount Moriah region. Mount Moriah is a region with different mountains over there. And that is something that in the time I have visited the land of the Bible, you can have breakfast in Jerusalem and you can travel and do sightseeing and you'll get to Bathsheba for lunch. So it is only about 35 to 40 miles. But we read here it's three days. And for those three days journey, they are going and he's looking up. Imagine that journey with the servants. He's not saying, God has told me. Sometimes when God speaks to us, we hold it in and move in obedience. And so he looked up, he saw the place, Mount Moriah up there. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we'll come back to you. Why is Abraham trying to keep the servants back there? So you stay here with the donkey, I and the boy, we go up. You know, sometimes when we hear the will of God, we are following him, we have some excess baggage, some things that brings distraction. You know, these servants are loyal to Abraham, and if they go up there, they may distract him to say, oh, don't touch your son, or here's the donkey, this is what we want for the sacrifice. So he leaves it back. But listen to what is, stay here, the boy and I will go there and worship. Worship is our sacrifice, and then we will come back to you. 
We read in Hebrews that Abraham believed that God will raise Isaac from the dead. So there's a, there's a belief in the resurrection. He trusted that. Abraham took the wood from, for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on. Before I get to verse 7, just imagine this. Now the wood is on the, on the sun. Isaac is carrying this. And it says, Abraham may have put the, the, the fire together in like a coal. He's going to take together and his knife. This was really like a butcher knife. You know, because it's a man who had livestock. So he's seen this happen. And so he's going on with them together with the son. Let's read this. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Listen to this. Isaac had seen many sacrifices done before. This was not his first rodeo, as the people in Texas would say. But he had seen his dad do this before. He had seen an altar. He had seen the fire. He had seen the wood. And he had seen a lamb. This trip. Up on Mount Moriah, there was no. And he said, where is the lamb? His father replied, yes, my son. The fire and the wood are here, but the Lord will provide the lamb. When Abraham answered in verse 8. So here is a young man who's seen his father's faith. A lesson I draw from verse 7 is that when we raise our children, they are watching our faith. When you raise up kids, they are watching how we're trusting God in, our midst, in the midst of our challenges. So Isaac was able to see this. And we as parents, especially us dads, we have to be able to declare our trust in God. And so we read, if God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Do we declare to our children how we absolutely trust God in difficulties? Or do we let circumstances surround us as we tell them about our faith in Jesus Christ? Faith displays trust. And the two of them went on together. Was that in silence as they walk along? And Abraham is thinking, you're going to die. And Isaac is thinking, where is the lamb? When they reached the place that God had told them about, told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He's following the steps. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out with his hand and took the knife to slay his son. Imagine. The absolute commitment and obedience even of Isaac to see his dad. You know, he wasn't going to resist. He wasn't going to fight. He wasn't just going to make this a difficult time. Absolute obedience to what his dad I am thinking, we are imagining, we read the story now with hindsight, murder is about to take place. But God, we read in the verse there, and he says, and, and he says in verse 11, but the angel of the Lord, and so we move on, but the angel of the Lord calls out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, twice his name is mentioned now. So Abraham is in absolute obedience to slay his son, believing that he will come back to life. Here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God 
because you have not withheld from, from me your son, your only son. What we see in this passage is Abraham is again looking to God. Abraham is absolutely trusting God and God always interrupts. The voice of God always interrupts our call. When we think that I really know the step I'm going to take, God is going to interrupt our call. But it is the absolute trust that we display that helps us to be able to hear God tell us he will provide. Now, before we look at he will provide, let me tell you a story about John. I will leave his last name out. John had traveled from the United States all the way to India to see the great work that Mother Teresa was doing. And on this first morning with Mother Teresa, and Mother Teresa said to John, how can I pray for you? And John said, pray, Mother Teresa, that I will have clarity on my call. And Mother Teresa replied, John, I will not pray for clarity. Huh? John said, well, what will you pray for? And Mother Teresa said, I will pray for trust. And he did. He prayed for him to trust God. So when you do not see clearly what you want to understand, how it's unfolding, trust God. And that is what happened to Abraham here, that his trust brought the provision, verse 14 to uh, 11 to 14, that God is going to provide for the sacrifice. And he replied, and the angel said to him, he said, verse um, 13, Abraham looked up and there in the ticket he saw a ram cut by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place, the Lord we provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain, the Lord himself will provide. God provided for Abraham. He had to trust God that this is the son I will give it. Brothers and sisters, God has always been in the place of providing the lamb for the sacrifice. God has always been in the place of giving that what our sins could not please him, he gave the sacrifice. And this is a picture of Jesus Christ, the substitute. The ram, which is an adult lamb that was already grown up, was given to Abraham for the sacrifice, and God gave his one and only son. Do you see the similarities with Abraham and Isaac? Only son, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, God gave his son. Even with, 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 with Isaac, a donkey was present in the story, and Jesus and Pam, Day, and Pam Sunday, a donkey is present in the story. They both go up to the mountain. They carried the wood. Isaac carried the wood. Jesus carried the cross to the mountain. We call it Calvary, which is in the same region of Moriah. And both, where provision was made, they did not resist the sacrifice. Jesus, we read in the scripture, clearly said in, in, in Isaiah that yes, he was suffered. He, he was the suffering servant that Jesus Christ was going to. And we read back in John chapter 1, verse 29. We read back in John 1, 29, that when, Jesus, when John the Baptist saw Jesus, he said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Jesus was the Lamb of God that was going to take away the sin. This table represents that, that God's perfect sacrifice that took place on Calvary is for us. When we come to this table, we're remembering 
that sacrifice for our sins. That is the message of the gospel. Nothing else can save us from our sins. There was no way Abraham could have done it except trusting God's provision. We trust Jesus alone. If that is the message we have as the church, how are we doing in proclaiming it? How are we doing by our sister just told the story of a global worker who goes into a place and she said, we're hindered, but we can declare the gospel. Where are you in your calling today that the message of the gospel is so solid and central to your proclamation of the good news? That's what we remember. And finally, this passage in Isaiah ends in verse 15 to 19. The calling and the obedience brings blessing. And what we see here that God provided for Abraham, and we read in verse 15 to 19, that the angel said to him a second time, Abraham, Abraham, you have not withheld your only son. And then verse 17, God says, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies and through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Then Abraham returned to his servants and set out and set off together for Beersheba and Abraham stayed in Beersheba. God always completes his call. God always makes it known to us that even as we saw it in Abraham, we also see it in us today. The provision has been made and it is. And let's, let me call for the scripture in, Galatians, in Romans chapter four, verse 13. We read, it is not through the Lord that Abraham and his offering received the promise that he would be here of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. Through the righteousness that comes of God is the one that makes us right. This table is a reminder, a celebration. And also we read in Galatians chapter three, verse 14. He redeemed us. That's what the story of Isaac is about. It's our redemption in order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to us, the Gentiles, through Christ Jesus, so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit.